0: Hey everyone, before we get into the episode today, we wanted to acknowledge the things going on in the world right now. We respect,
1: recognize, acknowledge, and celebrate people of all backgrounds. We have worked to build a community that is loving and accepting with no limitations. If you are a black board game designer, developer, artist, or content creator, we promise to use our platform in whatever way we can to help you. We encourage you to reach out to us directly at boardgameblitz at gmail.com if you are comfortable doing so.
0: We also realize we can't just sit back and let others do the work for us, so we'll continue to collaborate with, reach out to, and showcase the work of Black creators in our industry. Obviously, the issues we are all seeing right now are not new. They are the result
1: of systemic problems that our country has never fully dealt with. Black Lives
0: Matter. We'll have links in the show notes of organizations you can donate to, or if you cannot donate, then please share the links with others who can. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 106 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to wait for a computer game to install on a computer running Windows 95. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Make sure you stick around till the end of the show for a new special offer from Gray This week, we're talking about video games. First, we discuss a couple games we played recently, like 18 Chesapeake and Dragonheart. Then, we go off topic, a thing we rarely do, to discuss some of our favorite video games. Finally, we wrap things up with a look at the etymology of the word arcade. And now,
0: here are your hosts, Ambie and Crystal. A couple episodes ago, I talked about how I hadn't played any 18xx games in a while, but I played 1889 solo on Toby's website. (laughs) And Uh, this amused me to no end. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But recently, I got to play 18 Chesapeake, also on Toby's website, 18xx.games. And this was not solo. This was with Toby and Scott Peterson, who's the designer of 18 Chesapeake. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was Toby's first time playing on his website. (laughs) So that's great. Yeah, because he's been designing it, but not playing, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) So 18 Chesapeake was published in 2020 by All Aboard Games, designed by Scott Peterson. It's an intro type 18xx game. It's set in the Chesapeake region of the United States. And it's similar to, it has similar rules to 1830, but then... Um, there's some rules that make it more beginner friendly, like there's train exporting, which makes, which helps set the pace of the game to make it go faster. So we played it and we actually filmed it for the, or it's going to go on the Dice Tower YouTube channel as a gameplay, not a live stream because of certain things like babies crying and editing that out, but (laughs) it will be, (laughs) but it's actually going up on Sunday, uh, the 7th. So... You can w- go watch the whole thing if you want to, but I'll talk a little bit about it now. I had played 18 Chesapeake once before, and that play wasn't as interesting as this recent play, <laughs> so I thought I didn't like it that much. But in in this play, uh, it was more interesting because Scott started off really strong, and in the play that I played before, like the person who started off strong just like there was nothing anyone else could really do and they just won. But in this game, the positions changed within the game and it was really interesting. So Toby and Scott were both rushing trains and I was playing it safe, <laughs> like like I usually do. Um, <laughs> and, and I ended up getting five trains, which are like the cheapest permanent trains in my companies. And then Toby ended up getting... Toby and Spot actually both ended up getting diesels, which are actually pretty good, but in order to get them, it was bad for them. So, like, Toby wanted to upgrade a four train to a diesel, and he did that. So, that hurt Scott because Scott was like way ahead. And then Scott had to force purchase a diesel, which, like, he had to pay his own money to buy that train. And so that, like, put me in first, and I took the lead. And then I was able to keep the lead uh, because they weren't able to catch up by the time the game ended. So that was pretty exciting. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And it was another exciting thing is that you, if you have multiple corporations, multiple corporations, um, one corporation can buy trains from another one. And usually that happens. The presidents have to agree. So it's like if you're the president of multiple corporations, then you can just shuffle trains between them. But you can also buy them from corporations where other people are the president. And that doesn't happen as often because like the other player has to agree to it. But this was the first time that Toby and I played a game where we actually did that because in order for Toby to buy his diesel, he needed space. And so he needed to sell me a train. And that would have benefited me because it hurt Scott. And that actually put me ahead. And it also helped Toby because Toby was like not doing well either. And it helped. I, I think he ended up in second. So it was beneficial to both of us for me to buy a train from him. And that was pretty neat. So there were, there were some interesting things.
1: So how is the platform doing overall? I know that he, Toby's um. continuing to add new games and some games are in beta and some games are out of beta. And How's it going?
0: Yeah, so there are two games on it now as of recording this, <laughs> but it's it's going really fast. Like changes are being made every day. <laughs> um, so right now there's 1889, which is I think out of beta now and 18 Chesapeake, which is in beta. We played it while it was in alpha. So now it's in beta. And then he's working on getting 1846 is the next game.
1: And I saw he tweeted that a lot of people are using the site, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> at first, like, when he was first making it, he was expecting like, oh, I'm not going to get 100 people using it at a time. And <laughs> there's more than that. like Already. And, you yeah. know, and when there's more games, it'll continue to go up, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So it's really exciting. And I think it's good for 18xx too, because it's making it easier for people to like play it. They can just play online easily. So Absolutely. That's, nice. that's
1: really cool. I I've, Please continue to update us on this because <laughs> I think it's really fascinating. And I think yeah. it's neat that you all are making 18xx games even more accessible for people. Yeah.
0: Although I don't know how much I'll be playing online because I still don't like playing online. <laughs> I prefer seeing everything like on the table at once and it's just different online. It goes really fast. So <laughs> for me, when, when something happens and then like the, the computer calculates everything, it's really convenient. But then I get confused because I'm used to like seeing everything at the table. I'm more of a, I guess, spatial visual person. So it's hard for me to do digital board games just in general. I mean, that makes that makes sense. But yeah, that was 18 Chesapeake on 18xx.games. All right. Well,
1: I wanted to talk about a game that I've been playing on board game arena. And in fact, you and I actually played this game together a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, Not not super recently, but a little ways back. And that is Dragonheart. So Dragonheart was originally published in 2010 by uh, Fantasy Flight and Cosmos. And it is currently out of print. We don't tend to talk about a lot of games that are fully out of print because, obviously, we don't want to get you all excited about a thing that you then can't get or play. But since it's on Board Game Arena, you can go play it right now for free. And honestly... I really really like Dragonheart. So Dragonheart is a two player game. It's a fantasy themed card game where you're you always have a hand of cards and you're always playing sets of cards of the same type to the board. And the board has a bunch of different spots and the different characters affect the board in different ways. So when you play certain types of cards, different things will happen. So, for instance, like, if you play cards to the Troll space, you get to take any cards from the Sorceress space, whereas if you play on the Sorceress space, you get to take cards from the Treasure Chest or the Petrified Dragon space. If you played to the Petrified Dragon space, You don't get to trigger any effects, but you can steal the great dragon token. There are a few other things and it's not completely circular, like not everything affects the next thing. Some things kind of cross over and do different things. So you're always trying to play sets of cards in a way that are optimal for you. And you think won't be optimal for your opponent because you can sometimes set your opponent up to get a lot of points based on what you play. And those moments are really frustrating, but also (laughs) really fun because you're like, there's no way they have two boat cards in their hand. And then you play one boat card and they have two boat cards and they get to take all the things the boat cards let you take. it's uh it's one of those games that's a little bit difficult to visualize uh as i describe it uh, in an audio format but board game arena does a really good job of like they provide the rules for you and obviously the game doesn't let you break the rules so you can kind of learn it pretty easily ambi i kind of taught Mm -hmm. it to you through board game arena what was the experience learning it like on there for you
0: uh, yeah, it was pretty easy to learn. We actually weren't like really looking at the rules because we were streaming and then starting to just play. <laughs> so yeah. so our first game, we were like, oh, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that rule or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, by the second game, we knew what was going on. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's
1: pretty, pretty quick to pick up. There mm-hmm. is definitely some luck at play, like the card yeah. draws you can definitely weigh the game toward one player or the other. Uh, but there is a lot of strategy in it as well. Um, so if you play cards optimally, you can you know mitigate things to some degree. I really, really, really enjoy it. And since it is free on Board Game Arena, I wanted to talk about it because I think this is a game, A, that I would love to see come back into print. This isn't one of those examples of I'm playing it for free on Board Game Arena, but if I could buy a physical copy of this game, I 100% would. This is a game that I think would be great to take to a game night once it is uh, safe to do so again um, and you know when you're waiting for everybody to show up to bring this one out and play it with one other person that you when you're just waiting for others to show up or whatever else so that is Dragonheart. Okay, Ambie, I think we've discussed in the past that I listen to a decent number of podcasts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I will admit, I tend to generally not enjoy when a podcast that is themed around a thing diverts from that thing. (laughs) Like, I'm here, if I'm listening to a board game podcast, I'm usually there to hear about board games, not movies or, you know, like... The International Space Station. I don't. That's not yeah. a specific reference to anything. I just pulled that out of nowhere. But we're going to talk about video
0: games today.
1: <laughs> so so you I can really just hope, turn
0: this off if you don't want to hear it. Yeah, I it. hope our
1: listeners are not like me. Honestly, though, there are instances when I when I've listened to a podcast for a long time, or even honestly, sometimes a short while, I do like getting to know the hosts in different mm-hmm. ways. And if you and I were to only talk about board games, then I feel like we're not as well-rounded as humans. And so maybe talking about something else that we both enjoy that is not board game related will help round us out for our listeners. And that is my desire, at least, in us doing this. And honestly, we're both quarantined. We're both not playing a lot of board games right now, and we are playing video games. So we wanted
0: to share something with you all that is
1: relevant to our lives right now.
0: Yeah, and video games are kind of, adjacent they're both games too oh so. definitely <laughs> yeah. we're we're in the same realm for sure yeah so we i guess have decided to give you an overview of video games throughout our whole lives <laughs> we kind <laughs> in of the have next, like 15 minutes <laughs> here we go so i mean
1: I can, do you remember when you first started playing video games no <laughs> yeah, I say I don't either. <laughs> like, I know that my dad bought us a Nintendo, like the original Nintendo, the NES, um, pretty soon after it came out. My dad is a computer programmer and mm-hmm. actually used to code computer games. So he, oh, cool. he is a big nerd and we always had computers and video game stuff in the house from uh, when I was yeah. very, very little.
0: Yeah, I we weren't allowed to get a Nintendo system. I know our friends had, like, the NES and the Super Nintendo Um and we wanted them, but we weren't allowed to until the N64. But my dad and my mom, my parents had uh, an Atari, an Intellivision, and a Commodore 64, and we played with those. So nice. Like they had that before we were around. So I, I guess or I'm not sure when they came out, but like they, they were my, my parents' systems. <laughs> so, yeah, they're nerdy, too. the uh the christmas that the
1: nintendo 64 released Mm -hmm. it was like a really hot item for you know christmas wish lists and whatnot and i think my sister and i weren't sure if we were going to get one or not because it was hard to get a hold of Mm -hmm. and like a couple weeks before christmas my mom god bless her came to us and said oh girls don't go into the guest bedroom I dropped some Christmas bulbs in there and they broke and there's broken glass everywhere and it's really not safe so don't go in there and so of course we were like okay mom and then as soon as she walked away my sister and I were like okay that's where the Christmas presents are and so we went into the guest bedroom found the Nintendo 64 there was no broken glass at all of course (laughs) like and that's also like you have to at least stage something mom because when we open the door and there's no broken glass now we know that. Jig is up at that point.
0: Yeah, you need to break some glass and put
1: something. (laughs) So yeah, we found the Nintendo sixty four before Christmas, and we were very excited that that was coming to us. But we still acted surprised. I don't actually know if my parents know that we knew, (laughs) but my mom probably did. My (laughs) mom is not great with the podcast app, so she. I don't think she usually (laughs) (laughs) listens to the show. I guess she'll
0: text me if she does. Yeah, I have a fun story about like how we got the Nintendo sixty four because we weren't allowed. To get like our own stuff and then with the nintendo 64 we didn't get it until a couple years after it came out i don't know maybe one or two years i'm not sure exactly but we had to work for it (laughs) we were gardening in the backyard we did this as a family my my parents were cutting down uh, branches from a big tree and it fell into another tree so there was a big branch stuck in another tree and then my dad told my brother and i if if we could get the branch out of the tree then we would get an N64 and a game each. So we spent like two hours working on it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and we were, like my brother was like figuring out how to like do different pulley systems or levers or something. I don't remember exactly, but this but sounds we, dangerous. Yes, it's probably dangerous. <laughs> Just send your kids um, out in the backyard to do heavy lifting. They were probably like watching us. I don't remember, um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, they're probably looking out the window being like, suckers. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but but then we did it, and we got our N64, and we played it so much, because that was like the prime time for playing video games, like the age for playing video games for us too, because like later when I got into, we got the GameCube when I was like late in middle school, and then I stopped playing video games as much and like started playing computer games more. (laughs) Yeah, so that, the N64 was my favorite console growing up. I will admit, you're making me feel a tiny
1: bit old, because the GameCube (laughs) came out, or was popular when I was in college, (laughs) I think. Maybe it was high school for me? Now I'm curious. So the Nintendo 64 came out in '96. So I September of '96. So I would have been. I was almost ten. I was nine okay. years old. No, no. When it really like we got it for Christmas. So I had just turned ten years old. Like that's yeah, the perfect. Yeah, and I think age. I got it like
0: a couple years later because I was around ten when we got okay. it. Okay. So um, and then I know Super Smash Brothers Melee came out when I was in eighth grade, I think, or before. By the time I was in eighth grade, because that's when I started drawing Kirby everywhere.
1: Oh, okay. So the GameCube, okay, so the GameCube did come out when I was in high school, technically, but I guess it was still the popular console. So yeah, the GameCube came out in Mm -hmm. 2001. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because then the Wii released while I was in college, and I went to a Walmart in Sioux City, Iowa, and camped out overnight to get a Wii, not for myself, but for my friend who had to work. And wow. I, I basically, I don't remember what the deal was. It wasn't money. I think I was allowed to go play it whenever I wanted in his dorm <laughs> or something. Um, I don't know. But I, I, yeah. like, I was with other friends and we camped
0: out to get the Wii when it released. Wow. My parents got me the Wii for my birthday when I was in college.
1: The GameCube is the only home console of Nintendos that I have never owned. I mm-hmm. have, I've never actually played any games on a GameCube. Ever oh, and there are wow. some really good titles on the GameCube, like the original Luigi's Mansion and Super mm-hmm. Mario Odyssey. Well, no, not Odyssey. That's the new one. Uh, <laughs> Galaxy. Uh, Super- Galaxy and Sunshine yeah. were both on mm-hmm. the GameCube, and those are all really good games. And Smash. <laughs> oh yeah, so so much good stuff. But yeah, the GameCube. I've as far as like the handheld Nintendo consoles. I had a, an original Game Boy, the big gray brick, of course. Uh, I never had a Game Boy Color. I did have a 3DS.
0: I actually still have a 3DS, but I haven't touched it in years. Yeah, I've never had a handheld console. Unless until the, the Switch. Switch counts. Yeah, <laughs> the Switch is both now, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, we weren't allowed to get those because my parents didn't want us, like, bringing them with us, I guess. Oh
1: my gosh, the the Game Boy saved me when we would be driving <laughs> to my grandparents' house because, the like, my mom's parents lived an hour and a half away from where we lived which as an adult now driving 90 minutes is like nothing but as a small child it felt like the yeah. longest time ever so playing Nintendo games was always a lifesaver for me
0: yeah that's why I wanted one uh, but we had like this little we had a little handheld game it's just like one I, game um, no no I know
1: what you're talking about the ones that were like the Little Mermaid and
0: stuff right yeah I had Pocahontas <laughs> so oh, I had the Little back Mermaid back and forth <laughs> I had
1: Little Mermaid I had the Lion King <laughs> oh man, what else? And I, I also had some other like puzzly electronic games too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but huh. the. It's funny that talking about my grandma, we when we would go to my grandparents' house when I was little, my grandma actually bought a, an NES for her house. And she wasn't a video gamer, oh, wow. like, at all. But uh-huh. this was not right when it released. This was later when we were older. But she knew we liked video games, and she would occasionally sit down and play with us. And my oh. grandma did the cutest thing when she was playing Mario games. It's I, what I don't know if I can describe it well enough, but, like, she would move her entire body... And the controller, the direction she wanted Mario to go. So, like, if she was going to the left, if she wanted Mario to go to the left, she would, like, hop her body toward the left and, like, hop it toward the right. And it was just the (laughs) cutest thing. Like, I loved my grandma so much and it was adorable because you could tell she wasn't good at video games, but she wanted to hang out with us and it was really neat.
0: That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) When I was a kid, I probably moved my body like that. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, w- when I was growing up playing video games, I thought I was really bad at them, uh, because I was playing against my brother who's two and a half years older than me. And when you're like under 10, that's, that's huge. Oh that's yeah. A huge no, that's a big deal. In, like hand-eye coordination and stuff. But when we got the N64 and we started playing, like I was older then and actually had more hand-eye coordination and I could actually beat him at some games. So that was really exciting. <laughs>
1: All right, so we've we've focused on a lot of Nintendo stuff, but Nintendo yeah. isn't the only type of gaming that you and I have done over the years. That's true. So what are some other <laughs> games from any type of platform that you've enjoyed over
0: the years? <laughs> a lot. Okay, so other than like the Atari games and stuff, that there were a lot of old ones that I used to play. Um, But when I was a little older in the GameCube era, when I started playing games more on the computer, uh, I played StarCraft a lot. Before that, I played Command and Conquer a little bit. So these are all real time strategy games. So I played Command and Conquer, then Warcraft 2, and then Starcraft, and then played Starcraft a bunch with my friends and online. What's funny, I've never actually played Starcraft at
1: all, but Mm -hmm. when I was in college, my friends got me into Warcraft 3. And I played through, like we did, well, I played through the whole campaign of Warcraft 3 and the expansion, which was called, was it the Frozen Throne? I want to say. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I know the Lich King always was a pain in the booty, um, (laughs) but, uh we would sit in my friend's apartment and do a LAN party, and we would download user-created maps for Warcraft and, like, play mm-hmm. them. I liked, we there were a lot of user-generated like, tower defense-style maps mm-hmm. that I really liked, but, like, literally the, my friend's apartment was really small, so we had, like, all of these computers all over the place, including one in the closet. Like, literally someone had to sit in the closet to play, and it was so hot in there because all of these computers were generating <laughs> all of this heat. Yeah. No laptops! It was all like we would literally tote our desktops to my friend's apartment to do land parties and it was awesome (laughs) yeah
0: yeah land parties that was that doesn't happen anymore (laughs) yeah you don't it doesn't have to like yeah those were fun Also in high school, I used to go to Halo parties, so I didn't have an Xbox myself, but my friend did, and they all played Halo, which is a first-person shooter game. I'm pretty bad at first-person shooter games, but like every Friday, we would go to our friend's house and we would play Halo. I would die, but...
1: You and I are very similar in this regard because when I was in high school, my friends had an Xbox and I would go play Halo with them and I always made my handle easy kill because I was so bad at it. What I would do is I would go find like a remote corner of the map and I would point my gun straight up into the air. And then just spin around in a circle so they could see me moving on the map. They could see the little blip of where I was. And then when I saw them coming around the corner, I would try to put my gun down and shoot them before they shot me.
0: (laughs) They did not like my style of playing Halo. I just mostly like ran around and died. But I think when Halo 2 or 3, the one came out with swords. I don't know. One of them had swords. And so I was relatively good at using a sword because <laughs> i think it could instant kill them or something and was it the ones with like the
1: the dual spikes with like the electricity or was that I something think so? different?
0: i'm not sure <laughs> this is I, I don't really remember there are people I, who know halo right now who are
1: literally like face palming <laughs> yeah. at me trying to describe
0: it had a specific term
1: i don't know <laughs> So some other games that I was into in college, uh, I haven't played a ton of MMORPGs, multi, mm-hmm. massively multi, yeah. massively mu- massive multiplayer <laughs> online role-playing games. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, I've never played World of Warcraft, even though I loved Warcraft 3. World of Warcraft came out when I was in college, and I made a promise to myself that I would never download that game because <laughs> I knew that I would get sucked into it, and I have stayed true. It has been, what, like 15 years, and I've never played it. Um, but I did play a different MMORPG a lot when I was in college, and that is Maple Story. Are you familiar mm. with Maple Story at all, Ambie? Yeah, I played that for a few months, I think. Oh gosh, I played it for longer than that. <laughs> and it's funny, I actually re-downloaded it a few years ago and like kind of started building up a character again, and then I was like, Nope, nope, I gotta quit. I can't do this. <laughs> wow. I also played uh Umjammer Lammy, which people who know what Parappa the Rapper is. Uh, that's like the bigger title in that series. It's a rhythm game that was on PlayStation Um, and I've never played Parappa the rapper, but my friend owned um, jammer Lammy. And so I played that. Uh, I've, I've always liked rhythm games. Uh, Mm -hmm. DDR was big for me also in college. My friend had made some like DDR mats with like a hard backing. And so we could actually play in the dorms and it was actually Mm -hmm. pretty decent. And then guitar hero came out while I was in college I, I don't think, think Rock Band existed yet. Um, but we also played, there was a Donkey Kong. Oh, I think it was called Donkey Konga. It was like a drumming Dums. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I like rhythm games a lot too. I think DDR was the first rhythm game I played. Um, and then like we had a hack version in high school where you play on your keyboard. Stepmania. Uh, no, no, it was <laughs> it oh. was like DDR hack version. Oh, okay. Like, I think it was called Dance with Intensity, DWI, and uh I I don't know, it was like a <laughs> not a real game, I think. Cuz it was taking all the DDR songs. It looked a lot like DDR, but it wasn't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I loved that. And then in college I played Guitar Hero 2, and then I think Rock Band came out when I was in college. Yeah, because I remember playing rock band in college, so it must have come out at some point. Yeah, I really liked that. Um, but going back to World of Warcraft, I also never got into World of Warcraft, but I, I, it came out when I was in high school, and I look back at my old high school yearbooks, and all my friends are like, play WoW, play WoW with us, because all <laughs> my friends got into it. Like the ones that I used to play Starcraft with. Um, <laughs> And and they all played it, but I didn't want to because I didn't want to pay a subscription. <laughs> and and so I never did. I played it for 9 days cuz I got the 10-day free trial once, and so I played it for 9 days cuz the 10th day was like Christmas or something. <laughs> oh nice. But, but yeah, I I liked it, but not enough to to pay for it.
1: I honestly, I've just never played it. Not even a free trial. Nothing. Yeah. I just was too afraid of what, like, I didn't want to be one of those people. And no offense to people who got into WoW as more of a lifestyle game. No judgment. I just didn't want to do that. Yeah. Well, we have a billion more notes that we just sketched out for this. <laughs> yeah. um, and we're already running out of time. This episode yeah. might go a little bit long. Um you and I, we both put in the notes that we love Portal
0: and Portal 2. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm bad at first-person shooters and I get sick at them on BC. So I got sick playing Portal and Portal 2, but it was just so fun. I like puzzle games. Like. That's, oh, that's <laughs> and, what I was going to say. Was, you and I both enjoy yeah.
1: puzzle solving. And yeah. so I think that's probably why Portal and Portal 2 are so much fun for us. Yeah, And it's uh, funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, games with humor... I, yeah, I tend to gravitate toward, I've recently been playing What the Golf on the Switch and it is definitely puzzle solving and humor. Um, I really, I've talked about Untitled Goose Game before. Also puzzle solving, humor, those types of like lighthearted, irreverent Mm -hmm. games with like mostly light to medium weight puzzles and a few hard ones. I love that type of game. And so if anybody has more recommendations about indie games, especially if they're available on the Switch that are like that, let me know Mm because I want to hear about them. One other PC game that I wanted to give a shout-out to is The Neverhood, which I played back in the 90s or early 2000s. It was a point-and-click game made entirely out of claymation. Like, it was literally filmed in stop-motion claymation. And it is about a stop-motion clay guy named Clayman and he's going you're you control clayman and you're going on an adventure and it, there's a really great story and lots of cool characters um i think you can still download it through steam or gog um if you like point and click adventure games and you have never played the neverhood i would highly recommend it it's really fun i think the only other game series like we we talked about nintendo stuff a lot there are all the classic nintendo series i love mm-hmm. but uh, non-nintendo stuff The Fallout series of games I adore and I'm really excited because the day this episode releases tomorrow Friday June 5th the Outer Worlds is coming to the Switch it's already been out on PC since last fall uh, but it is made by the same people who made my favorite Fallout games and it is basically an unofficial spiritual successor to Fallout but it's set in space so that is going to be what I'm playing (laughs) this weekend is the Outer Worlds for (laughs) sure. Wait, Ambi. We went this whole episode and we didn't talk about Animal Crossing.
0: Oh, yeah, we're playing that now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mostly talked about video games before I started getting into like the board game hobby, right? <laughs> but although I played board games all my life too, but like the hobby, the <laughs> hobby. Yeah, <laughs> we're in <laughs> we're in the hobby. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, we've we've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I I have played Animal Crossing every single day since it released. And as of the time of this recording, that was two months and one week ago. So (laughs) that's a long time to be playing something every day. Uh, Although I will admit, like the past week or two, I've slowed down. I'm not playing as much, but I am still playing every day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've just been playing like a little bit every day since I got it, which was not when it released. But...
1: (laughs) We would love to hear from you all. We know you love board games. Obviously, you wouldn't be here if you didn't. But what video games do you love? Tell us about some unknown gems or games that you loved from when you were a kid that you think nobody knows about. I want to hear about all of them. I love weird, quirky, indie video games, computer games, whatever. So please, please come reach out to us on social media and let us know. I want to hear about some cool stuff that you all played. For this week's etymology segment, we're going to dive into the history of the word arcade. The English noun arcade, meaning vaulted space, came into existence in 1731 and can be traced back to a French word of the same spelling, which likely came from the Italian word arcata, which meant arch of a bridge. That word came from arco, meaning arc, which leads us back to the Latin word arcus, meaning a bow or arch. So how did a word about arches get turned into a business associated with video games? The English word was originally used to describe passages formed by succession of arches supported on piers or pillars, as well as avenues of trees, and then was ultimately used to describe any covered avenue. In 1829, the meaning shifted to a covered avenue lined with shops or amusements. And then way later, in the midst of the video game boom of the 1970s, the term arcade game was
0: born. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blips. Visit our website, boardgameblips.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Prepare your Vikings for epic battles in Reavers of Midgard, which you can now get along with any other non-exclusive items in the Gray Fox Games web store for 20% off. This offer is good for the entire month of June. Just use the coupon code BLITZFANS at checkout. This offer does not stack with other offers or coupons, but we think it's amazing that Gray Fox is offering our listeners such a great deal, so please make sure to thank them. Gray Fox Games. Quality games cleverly crafted. Did you know you can support our show and get cool perks for as little as $1 a month? Become a patron to listen to the unedited episodes and join our private Slack channel where you chat with us and other Blitzketeers directly. Head to patreon.com slash boardgameblitz to become a patron today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Marrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, how come every time you come around my victory, victory points start going down? Bye, everyone. Bye. In high school I played Guitar Hero 2 and then I think rock band came out. And by high school I mean college. <laughs> In for video and blog content, as well as to get links to call to call to all. To call us. Why don't you call us? Just call us. It's fine. <laughs> and that's it for this week's board game blitz. Visit our website, board game blitz. Bl- <laughs> <laughs> okay. this offer does not stack with other offers or creep this offer doesn't snack snack okay this offer doesn't stack with other does okay i'll, I'll say does not this offer does not stack with <laughs> I can't speak all right this is too many bloopers
1: <laughs> never never you put them all in <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.